0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Hello everyone, thank you for sticking with us. Yeah. I hope you have enjoyed the, uh, the Dynasty Dawn. Matt working round the clock. That guy is an absolute content machine. We love that Got guy with, around
1: here with the mad jester on the Monday pod. That was a yeah. fun one to listen to, especially yeah, with dynasty one. drafts coming up. It's a uh, best and worst picks of a dynasty mock. So if you have dynasty drafts coming up, if you're, if you're in the dynasty mood, if you're just being introduced to dynasty leagues, definitely go check that out. It's a very good starting point. It's an interesting time right now because uh, it, we are definitely in the lull.
0: Right. I I wouldn't say we're in the nothing's going on because the draft is at the end of this month uh,
1: right now. At the time of recording, it's April 6th. So the draft is at the end of this month. Nearly three week 28th. It starts. Right. So almost exactly three weeks away tomorrow. Right. So,
0: but we, you know, Matt is, is our dynasty, man. He's our rookie guy. Like I've gotten so much better at predicting rookies in the last two years since we've brought Matt onto the, to the podcast because of like the guy just knows the formulas to who's going to hit and who's not going to hit. And um, one of the formulas on these rookies that you can use to compare these rookies is up and running right now on the Fantasy football by Broto app. And is the player comps. Uh, if you don't know, our player comps are comparable to five players. That's right, five, not just one, like these other people do. And even the one that the other people do is just like, oh, this guy is six-two, two hundred and ten pounds. Let's just project him as a comparable to another guy who's six-two and two hundred ten pounds. You know, uh,
1: that's how you get the uh, Jeff Janis is the next Devontae Adams idiots out there. Right, so we don't do that. What we do is we have a proprietary
0: formula. Shout out to Cass, our our math magician, and what he does is he has a formula that
1: takes all of their.
0: <coughs> oh, excuse me, Michael, take this over.
1: Takes their uh, Tim's having a coughing fit. If you're watching the video, this is hilarious to see as Tim just like leads over. Um, but anywho, yeah, it takes their uh, measurables, their production. Obviously, it's a proprietary formula. We're not going to give you the whole shebang, but it mixes all that with certain percentages weighing each factor separately based on previous fantasy football production models. It's not a simple formula at all. It's um. Made and created by us for you, Broto fanatics, and uh, I mean it's—it really is. It's—it's it's awesome. And, and if I'm, you go we're back, not just tooting our own horns, it's very, very cool, and it's completely original compared to other to other player comps that just look at, you know, look—he's six two, he's 6'2", six he's two, 6'2", he runs a four three forty, he runs a four three forty. They must be the same player because we all know that's not how the NFL works.
0: Right. And not only do we do that, we have you five people. Five people. Um that you can compare them to. And the percentages too. So this person is more comparable to X person, Y person, etc. B. Right. John
1: Robinson about to be a star.
0: Oh my god. B. John Robinson's comps are crazy. Yeah. Brees Halls. on
1: Lynch. Brees Halls were equally as impressive yeah. last year, and Brees Hall was balling out before he got injured.
0: Garrett Wilson's as well. Chris Olave's yeah. as well. So this is a very Excuse me, I'm just getting over a cold, as you guys know, if you would, if you heard that. But, um, very, very good. Go check it out. The fantasy football by Brodo app, free for a limited time, people.
1: Uh, all right, Tim, we uh, not not
0: to give the curtain away too much, but free for a limited time. A little more confirmed today.
1: Yeah, but we uh,
0: that's why I'm wearing this button down.
1: We both were sick last week. We we had the we decided to go with the special Patreon preview pod because we just we couldn't get behind the mic with the sniffles and the yeah. grossness, especially now that we record ourselves as well with the video. It would have been like two minutes. I would have been disgusted just looking at myself and you. Was the, I'm not even going to do a fake. I hate sniffles in the mic so much. I'm not even going to do a fake one.
0: Michael is the worst. Every time like we, we we would have like we had video calls. So again, like we were in contact a lot. And this is around the time of year where brodo although the content is coming fast and coming quick um, you didn't see us on the mic for two weeks but that doesn't mean we're on vacation for two weeks we'll probably work harder in this time of year than any other type of year in terms of the brand in terms of the new tools that we're going to give you and working with everyone so we're very excited for the future of brodo and when we're talking about the future um, seamless transition the nfl draft exemplifies the future right and one thing that you're getting here, which, by the way, can I just say something? All of these people in Dynasty that were telling you trade everything for 2023 picks because 2023 is the draft and 2022, not so much. After seeing what the rookie production was in 2022 and now seeing the the kind of um, the. The 2023, I, the, the 2023 class, the, the projections of it. Scenario, the projections uh. of it, projections of it. I, I would have rather been in that 2022 draft, just me. Uh, but it. I it mean, you were able much... to
1: get you were able to get uh in in several drafts a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave like late in the first round. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is just glorious at this point.
0: Yeah, and that that kind of informs what we're doing today. So one of my favorite things to do is to go back and watch old drafts because it really shows you Not only where the analysts were wrong, but where the scouting teams are wrong, what they were looking at that made them wrong. And on the opposite, what what made them right? Right. The reason why wrong is in front is because today we're going to be looking at the 2015 draft. And the reason we're going to be looking at the 2015 draft is twofold. Number one, because it's eight seasons later. So we now have a pretty good idea of who these not only a pretty good idea, we know for sure. Who these people are, and we have a pretty good idea of how their career arc is going to end, even if it didn't end already. Um, number two, and I want to say this because as the resident running backs matter person in this um, operation, all right, not like Michael, who's zero running back all day. You know how they piss me off before we really get. I'm gonna into say the this video one video. thing because. These are based on articles, by the way. The Fantasy Football Bar- Broda app, Broda at My article will be up shortly about recapping the 2015 draft. Today, we're going to recap the 2015 draft. Uh, that's letting, like the sister pod to the article. Um, and the reason we're doing this is not just because I wrote an article about it. It's because we want to inform you what to look for in this draft and how to, like, hey, just because these guys look great on paper, not all the hype is always going to be real. Right? Not all the hype is always going to be there. So in this particular draft, I, one thing that I hate Hate. Hate is people who say, I'm not picking running backs early because they're only going to give me five years of good production and everyone else is going to
1: give me 20 years. That is the biggest pile of horse shit ever. And I just want to put that out there. That weird ass accent was a pile of horse shit, too. I don't know what you were trying to do.
0: Now, I will say this. Wide receivers have more longevity. Okay, that's uh, – without a doubt. But you got to pick the right receivers. True and you, so picking a guy in this draft like Todd Gurley, right, who shined very bright, right, might have been a better idea than drafting some of these highly touted wide receivers. And we're going to get into that – or quarterbacks even. And we're going to get into that. Um, so the way we're going to do this is we're going to get into the 2015 draft. We're going to recap the 2015 draft, and then we're going to redraft – Taking one pick each based solely on fantasy, on what order these guys actually should have went in, in your dynasty startups or your uh, or your. Yeah, I guess we got to say dynasty startups because it's a it's a yeah. long term thing. All right. So let's get started. Uh, the way we're going to recap this is we're going to go down the list in, in order uh, of these guys, and I'm going to give you their fantasy grades. Now, if you don't know fantasy grades already, that's also on the app. It's also a proprietary tool by, done by our math and magician Santiago Casanova that gives someone a grade. It's a metric that assigns a letter grade based on the player's overall fantasy output and how it's stacked up against others in the position. Also, it tri- it tries to – it doesn't try to. It, it. I mean, I guess tries to is the right word because – It considers ADP. It considers ADP. It considers what their expectations were, but it also considers future production, right? So if someone has put together three straight seasons of, of goodness, they're more likely to put together a four straight season of goodness rather than someone who just like had a bad year, had a good year, had a bad year, right? So these are all in the grade, uh, not to mention their fantasy production. So let's get started with the 2015 draft and pick one, round one. Jameis winston quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, his career average fantasy grade ended up being a C uh, seven point 71.5 overall uh, for seven eligible seasons. His highest single season fantasy grade a plus a 96 in 2019, his lowest single season fantasy grade an F in 2020. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, I mean, if nothing else, Winston's career has been highly entertaining. Michael, Michael. Did he live up to the hype, in your
1: opinion? So, clearly, Jameis Winston didn't live up to the hype. Otherwise, he would have been the franchise quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that 2019 season and a couple other seasons where he, um, he wasn't atrocious was one of the most fun seasons probably from a quarterback that we've seen he threw 30 touchdowns but he also threw 30 interceptions the only quarterback to ever do it 5100 passing yards that year 32 touchdowns to be exact like he was just slinging the ball like there was no tomorrow and for him there was no tomorrow because he uh he now does not really play but (laughs) i mean it was a he has a unique career arch in general because if you remember
0: He was suspended the first four games of the season before that. And he's had two A-graded seasons. But the reason why you don't remember the season before that is because it was one of the more strangest fantasy seasons of all time. If you remember, he actually split starting quarterback duties with Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2018. Do you remember that, Michael? That was the year where no matter Vaguely. who the starting quarterback was, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston, they were likely to get a QB1 finish. Just slinging it with Bruce Arians, just absolutely slinging it with Bruce Arians, and then of course his A plus season came when you said the thirty for thirty. The problem is the thirty for thirty season QB five overall. He was yeah, QB five overall, and the thirty for thirty season, it you know that's great for fantasy because you know interceptions in some leagues are minus one, some leagues minus two, in minus one leagues it's only minus thirty points. So he threw thirty interceptions. If you're, I mean, thirty touchdowns. 30 points being gone at 5,100 yards. I mean, that equals a 4,500-yard, uh, you know, 27 touchdown season with no interceptions, which is, yeah. you know, QB5. Glorious. Yeah, right. glorious. So, uh, for those who don't know, he's actually currently signed on with the Saints. Um,
1: yeah, I was disappointed in, in Jameis for just agreeing to be a backup again in New Orleans. Like... He said last year, you know, he wanted to start. He he was like, you know, it sucks when you get injured and you lose your job. It's kind of what happened. Andy Dalton basically took his job away from him when he was hurt. And I was like, All right, New Orleans, I'll stay with you again, even though you just traded and like for a quarterback that's gonna be your franchise QB for the next four years. What are you gonna do? I mean I, I was just surprised by that. Like if if Baker Mayfield's out here getting starting quarterback offers and we see Sam Howell, like Andy Dalton, who is probably going
0: to start unless they start C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young in the first game. He'll uh, probably start a couple of
1: games. Maybe Sam Darnold and San Fran with the injuries to the young QBs, Lance and Purdy. Like it, it was just a little strange for me to see Jameis Winston decide to just stay with New Orleans and continue being a backup. But a backup quarterback is one of the best jobs in the entire world. You're not getting knocked around and you're getting paid millions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say this, Michael, if Sam Darnold ends up taking that job and leading the the 49ers next year with the great stats, I'm going to be insufferable.
1: Absolutely. I insufferable. Mean, I think any single quarterback would ball out in that system at this point. And Sam Darnold is certainly capable. I think he'd, mm. I think he'd ball out in the San Fran. I have him in our, uh, in our dynasty league together. Darnold, so for sale, Tim. If you want him, Come uh, yeah. get him. Maybe, maybe I'll throw Rip him from my it. hands. A third round pick, I'm thinking like the 102. <laughs> uh, you're thinking terribly. <laughs> All
0: right, um, th- speaking of a 102, it's a quarterback, a quarterback as well. The Tennessee Titans select quarterback Marcus Mariota, uh, with the second pick. And even though only one pick separated these two quarterbacks, it was a lot different of a career, uh, for them. Uh, Mariota definitely. Profiled as the better fantasy player because he was a dual threat quarterback, uh, in college. But unfortunately, that never came to a prediction. Uh, he, I mean, fruition. Frewishing. He had solid numbers. His highest single season fantasy grade was a C in 2015, but his lowest single season fantasy grade was an F. Uh, and if you if, if you average all of his years together, his average grade was an F, only forty one point one on a scale of one, a zero to one hundred. Um, and just so you know, there is a threshold here. You have to have a score played in at least five games in the season to get graded and scored over six points per game. If you didn't score six points per game, you're not even an F. You're worse than an F. Yeah, like, Tim, you're had completely to, uh, Tim had to look that up for a player to be named later. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, many players to be named later. This this draft yeah. was not pretty. Um, But yeah, Mariota lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. Shout out to Ryan Tannehill, the true value king. Yeah. Jason totally called that. Um and had a st- chance to start again last year um, and largely faltered. Uh, was he was equally, a useful, yeah, equally yeah. inept. Exactly. He was a useful streamer for a few games, but lost his starting job at, after a 1916 loss to Pittsburgh. Uh, right now, uh, going into next season, he signed on to back up Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, which I think is a good fit. You know, that's it's a very uh, smooth, like, backup operation where you don't have to change the offense. Um like you did with Gardner Minshew, who what didn't have any running capabilities. Uh, but, yeah, Marcus Mariota, Michael, if you were the Tennessee Titans, how you feeling about that pick that year? I mean,
1: clearly an F-grade, clearly a failed attempt at getting a franchise quarterback. There's There's no other way to sugarcoat it. Mariota was a bust for fantasy and for the NFL. Fantasy-wise, for him not even to have a single, like, actually usable season with his rushing ability, too, is just a huge
0: letdown. Uh again, just so you guys know, we have we're having uh no offensive linemen, no defenders. You know, is this is just fantasy, fantasy by eligible able. uh players, which the first tight end that got drafted off the board in this draft, can you guess who it was, Michael?
1: I know the answer.
0: Oh, you do? Yeah. CJ Uzuma in the fifth round.
1: Was the Ooh, was I'm the up.
0: first, not the first tight end off the board, excuse me, but the only fantasy viable tight end in this entire class. So it gives you a, a good idea what this class was like. Uh, so let's get into the next pick. First round, pick number four, Amari Cooper, wide receiver of the Oakland Raiders. His career fantasy grade has, has been a B over eight eligible seasons. And I got to say, nothing screams B like Amari Cooper. Uh,
1: I was going to say, you can't get more B than Amari Cooper. If his highest...
0: Lions michael i don't know if you know the answer to this do you know what his highest graded fantasy year ever was
1: um i i assume last season based on his a d p
0: yeah last season last season it was an a minus uh eighty seven point seven overall um and his lowest was a d minus in twenty seventeen but that was an injury hampered year you know cooper had a lot of productive seasons, but we've mentioned this many times he disappears. In certain situations, when he plays good, wa- cornerbacks, he usually disappears. And really this year was a really good indication of that. Despite his a minus grade, he had moments of high and moments of low. He was a weekly wide receiver one six times or better this season, but finished below a top 36 options eight times. Now, classic of Mark Cooper, classic of Mark Cooper and classic of Mark Cooper because of the circumstances, six of those came on the road. So basically, every time Mario Cooper was on the road, except two games, you knew to bench him. So he's been a solid producer, but never lived up to the fourth overall pick by the Raiders. All that hype uh, coming out. All that hype coming out. Uh, Michael, what is your thoughts
1: on uh, Mr. Cooper? I like you can't call Mario Cooper a bust, right? You can't. He's been a very, very solid NFL wide receiver. But you can absolutely say that he's been a bit of a disappointment relative to what people expected out of Alabama. Like, he isn't that A1 superstar, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, even Stephon Diggs type of guy who we'll be talking about him later. He But he's a, a very, very good, I'd say 1B type receiver. You don't get that star quality out of him but he's a very very good fantasy wide receiver um excuse me real life wide receiver fantasy he's more consistent i think a b grade is about as perfect as a grade as you could give Amari cooper in all aspects of his of his being
0: i, I will say this we're only going to go over the first round i should have caveated that except for running backs running backs we're going go to the second round because the second round is basically the first round for running backs um so we're going to go into the second yeah. round for running backs uh, but only the first round we're going to go. But we're also going to highlight some of the notable players that got drafted afterwards. And you'll see in this draft, he was not the best wide receiver taken, but he was certainly the best wide receiver taken in the first round. And one of the easiest comparisons to make on who's better, Kevin White was the round one pick seven of the Chicago Bears. Now, I will say this. Kevin White has had zero eligible seasons for fantasy grade. Um He is the player
1: that you had to look up the limitations for.
0: (laughs) I mean, it was like I'm trying to look for him on the grades. I'm like, yo, Kevin White's missing. Like, I know it's not a big deal, but damn, I got to hit up Cass. And it's like, oh, this is why. Um, Like I said, he has no average. Uh, And he was once dubbed the next Andre Johnson. Think about this, 6'3", 216 pounds, dude. 6'3". Now, it should be mentioned that injuries were a major factor. And he has played the last two seasons. Do you know what team he's played for the last two seasons, Michael?
1: Uh, the Bears, Saints, right?
0: No, he's been playing. He was drafted. He went from
1: the, Bears. the bear. He went from the Bears to the Saints, right? Yeah, the yeah. Saints. He. I mean, he caught a touchdown right last year, I believe. No, no zero career no? touchdowns.
0: He caught a catch last
1: year. Oh, wow. And Everyone was like, "Oh, oh my so god, Kevin White!"
0: Um, in in his entire career, he has twenty eight receptions for three hundred and ninety seven yards in thirty games. Over six seasons. So it's fair to say that not only is Kevin White a bust. I heard that if you go in the mirror in Chicago and say that we name Kevin White three times, uh, you automatically drop whatever you're holding
1: hmm. Oh, for the next six years. So be careful. It's bad luck. If you're listening from Chicago, do not go to your closest mirror. <laughs> All right. So let's get
0: into a hit in this round one. Pick 10. And again. Running back propaganda, baby, because the first round was a running back treasure trove, as it usually is. Usually, when you have a running back drafted in the first round, as you'll see as these articles and these and these episodes come out, you are going to be in good shape because the hit rate on first round running backs is ridiculous. Pick one, round one, pick 10 by the St. Louis Rams. That's right, St. Louis, St. Louis at the time. Todd Gurley, do you know what also st- stands out? There are three teams that are no longer the teams that they were at the time of this draft, and it's only eight years ago. A lot of uh-huh. change in terms of that. That's um, cool. yeah. Todd Gurley's average fantasy grade B in six seasons, but that's only because he fizzled out pretty bad in the last couple seasons. His highest single season fantasy grade was A plus. Now, not only was it A plus in 2017, he recorded a 99.8 overall fantasy grade. 99.8, nearly perfect, and there's a reason. One of uh, the Gurley, highest
1: on record, as you can assume.
0: Yeah, and he had uh, he had an A the second year as well in 2018, and that stretch, 2017-2018, Gurley was an absolute beast. During this time, he totaled just under 4,000 all-purpose yards. That's an average of 2,000 all-purpose yards a year, and 40, 4-0 touchdowns during that stretch. He finished outside of a weekly RB1 only five times. And outside of a playable running back, top 36, one time in two years, one time. During that time, he went on an absolutely ludicrous 15-game run of consecutive RB1 finishes. 15 games over two seasons. Unfortunately, Gurley had an arthritic knee, and it just robbed him of his juice. Uh, The next season afterwards, 2019, there was a clear step back that he took. Then he went to Atlanta. Everyone was pretty excited about that and totaled just 842 yards from scrimmage in his last year. Now, it should be noted that he still scored touchdowns during those times. So it took his speed. It took his quickness away, but he was still a monster. Um, So the, the Gurley story is always a what could have been story. But in his prime, Todd Gurley was arguably one of the best fantasy players we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I mean. All you have to see is the 99.8 fantasy grade. Uh, Like you said, over his entire career, it was really only the two super standout seasons, um, which is why he has like a a B fantasy grade for his career with only six eligible seasons. Very unfortunate, the injury that he got hit with where he just couldn't use his legs anymore. But that's the, see Tim, that's the fear with running backs. Now that they don't matter, even when they're stars like Todd Gurley, after those two years, he was a completely different player. But nonetheless, yes, but it should nonetheless, be noted
0: that there were dynasty players out there who were like, oh, should I go with Todd Gurley or the other running
1: back we're going to talk about? Or should I go with Kevin White?
0: I mean, yeah, that's
1: it's not a perfect science.
0: No, it is not. That's why uh, that's why it's the best. Um, all right. Let's get into our next pick. Round one, pick 14. Devontae Parker, wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins. His average career fantasy grade is a D. 60.3 uh, is the number in seven eligible seasons. His lowest single-season grade was last season. He got an F, a 31.3 rating. His highest grade was in his contract here with the Dolphins, uh, 89.1, an A-minus in 2019. So, I mean, the highlight of his career was when Ryan Fitzpatrick was on their center. And there is something to be said about Devontae Parker never really playing with a good quarterback, established quarterback in his entire career, where Ryan Fitzpatrick was the most consistent quarterback that he had. So when he did have that one year, Ryan Fitzpatrick career high, 128 targets, he earned himself a four year contract extension. And a lot of it was because that was a bad team. And Ryan Fitzpatrick would just throw the ball up to him. And that's where he does his damage. Um, It is also to mention that some people just do more damage in their contract years. And that's what we saw. Um, But he would never eclipse, 793 yards and four touchdowns in a single season outside of that season. Um, it seems like the, it might be the end of the road for Devontae Parker at this time. And uh, you got to say overall, outside of that one season where people had already given up. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> comes out of nowhere. <coughs> people have already another, given, given up on him. So it was a nice uh, sleeper season that year. Michael, uh, take it away. Yeah,
1: there's another... Uh, unfortunate uh bust type of player here uh, an average fancy grade of d i think that translates pretty well to his career as well besides that 2019 season he was always a why isn't he better type of player like he was always on the breakout candidate list for everybody and he just it never came to fruition and now not only is he in a new england mac jones led offense he's just Constantly getting injured now, and it it does seem like the days of Devonte Parker being a, you know, startable fantasy asset are over, and his career has been a a bit of a letdown.
0: If you're not on YouTube, it's worth it to be on YouTube just so you could see me like get try to get out of the screen while I have my coughing fits, and then come back with a completely red face and bloodshot eyes, and just try and act like everything's okay. Like that's So it. what what are you
1: actually doing when you leave the the camera lens, Tim? I'm I'm like uh, you know, I'm taking care of the phlegm. In
0: different ways off camera, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna <laughs> keep that there. All right, uh, after Devontae Parker, the pick after would have been a better pick, Melvin Gordon, running
1: Melvin, back.
0: yes, right, San Diego Chargers. Uh, his highest single fantasy grade, a plus 96.7 in 2018. Um, his lowest single season fantasy grade, an F 22.4 last season, and his average grade, B minus 74.5 in seven eligible seasons now. Gordon went from baller to bust. I mean, bust to baller very quickly. Uh, in his rookie year, he failed to uh, qualify for a, a grade. So in this, it's seven eligible seasons because it's actually his rookie year that didn't count. An infamous zero touchdown rookie season. Um, yeah. infamous. But he overcorrected big time. Um, from 2016 to 2018, Gordon was an absolute touchdown machine. He had 38 touchdowns in that time while averaging over 100 yards per scrimmage of scrim- from scrimmage per game. Um, but that was started to go downhill. Again, like Michael said, the bad thing for running backs. In 2019, he got an injury, still scored nine TDs in 11 games as a starter, but the Chargers decided to move forward with Austin Eckler and move Gordon to the Broncos. And, and, and Gordon moved to the Broncos. Um, he did have his, his shine a little bit with the Broncos. Two more seasons of low-end RB2 um, before he was absolutely demolished last year. If it, one of the most sad moments, and one of the moments I'm going to remember, is when the, the Chargers decided that they were going to put Melvin Gordon in, with a clown face on the big screen when he was facing them because he was inexplicably benched by Nathaniel Hackett and that completely ridiculous operation they had with the Broncos last year. So it was, it, it's not, he's a, he seems like a good dude and he's had a good career. So it's hard to see him go out like that, but he did have the last laugh. Um, literally Uh, he joined with the chiefs and got himself a ring. And actually when they asked him, there's an interview that's like, what was different between this season and previous season? And he said, well, I ain't do shit. I got carried to a ring. And they started laughing hysterically. Uh, So when you put in your work like that, you get your ring and uh, it's unclear if he's going to play this year, but if he didn't solid career for Melvin Gordon, who I think uh, the, the Chargers would go ahead and pick him again in that spot again and again and again.
1: Hey, I don't know about that, 15th overall. You could tell this is a different time, even though it was just eight years ago in 2015 with two running backs going in the top um, 15. Picks. You're going
0: to see the the way that running backs are drafted change tremendously as we go through this because we're going to be doing the 2016, 17, and 18 draft, maybe even stick 19 in there. I don't know if 19 is a little too early, but at least 16, 17, and 18 as well so, so we can yeah. look back and, and learn from the past. Uh, but I mean, if you were, a, let's say, if you were a dynasty manager at least, and you're getting the hype, and he's the second running back off the board, you're happy if you picked him number two overall. You had a he had a solid career, that, and he he put up big numbers for you for
1: a, a while in, in terms of running backs. Yeah, look, he uh, he had a very solid career. Pretty, um, you know, touchdown dependent at times. I don't think he ever established himself as like a superstar running back in the league. He was more of like a superstar fantasy player because he was finding the end zone so much. But I don't think he was ever on the the rushing level of some of these guys like the Nick Chubbs of the world or the receiving level of guys like the CMC. But, I mean, he got it done. He was more of the he was in a tremendous offense and he was asked to do a lot. And he lived up to that billing. Fucking
0: Michael, man. You know, he, he didn't really—he uh, was on the level of the best I'm current saying, rusher in the league, and he wasn't on the level of the best current receiver in the league.
1: If you're picked back. 15th overall, it's not he wasn't special in any area.
0: Uh, he was a solid contributor, especially for your fans. He was. He was a very solid um, player. I and mean, that's what we care about. All right, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time going individual, but I will say this. The next few picks— Disgusting. First second round, all busts. Uh, we got Nelson Aguilar for the oh, Eagles. Oh, God. Career average fantasy grade F, highest C- minus in 2017. Round one pick 26 for the
1: for the Ravens. surprised he even got that high C- if I'm being honest. I agree. Uh, Brashad Perriman, F, on, over four seasons.
0: Highest never grade forget F, <sighs> lowest grade F.
1: That 47.5 F is because of that massive four-game stretch at yes. the end of the year. I'll never forget that.
0: Well, the four-game stretch you could do um, because it was it was definitely a four-game stretch, but that first game, he was like only a low-end wide receiver two. It was really a three-game stretch where he was ridiculous. Um, he ended each game as a wide receiver two or better, and that included one wide receiver two overall finish, um, <laughs> three TDs and 113 yards when both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were out, and Jameis Winston was just slanging the ball all
1: over the field. He got himself a... a a contract with the Jets out of that out of that yeah. three-game stretch. It just it blows my mind how things like that happen. Like these massive games, stretches, seasons, that Peyton Hillis' of the world, the Gary Barnage's, the Brashad Perriman's, the Terrell Pryor's. Like, I just don't get it mentally. I don't understand in my head how someone could be this good for this small of a stretch or for an entire season. And never be able to come close to reproducing it. I just don't understand how it's possible. Dude, Terrell Pryor is one of the saddest stories in the NFL. That guy, why? man. What do you mean? He turned into a wide receiver, put up a thousand-yard season, but then he was toast. Like, what because happened? Because he
0: had to. Because what happened was he was the best quarterback in college football, and then he got suspended. Do you know why? Do you remember why he got suspended? Weed. No, that would have been. Even though that's crazy too, that would have been a little more understanding. Dude, he signed a jersey in exchange for tattoos. Hmm. And the NCAA said he, that he was making money off his likeness and suspended him, bro. So now you're not playing quarterback for an entire season. He's an athletic freak. Now he gets drafted by the Raiders in the compensation draft. I mean, in the um the like auxiliary draft that they do in the third round. They gave a third round pick for him. And he had he had to, to convert to a wide receiver. He never gave himself a chance. The, the, I mean, the NCAA no. fucked him, was, bro.
1: If he was good enough at QB, it was always a question. He was an athletic type of guy, but he wasn't a quarterback. Quarterback. He was,
0: he was ahead of his time. If he was in the draft this year, th- like he he could, he could be like a. But a with a, as a buddy. better, th- but a better thrower, he's,
1: he's more of a Taysom Hill than an Anthony Richardson. No, man, he was fast as hell, and he had a crazy strong arm. I think you're overestimating his QB abilities, but nonetheless, he was. We're going on a tangent about Terrell Pryor now.
0: I'm sorry, I just I, I've been personally what what led to this content is like I said, I've been taking in old drafts, so like, I love looking at old drafts, and one of the real like, Terrell Pryor is one of the real sad stories in the NFL, in my opinion. All right, let's continuing sad stories in the NFL.
1: <coughs> Excuse me,
0: <clears throat> round one, pick 29, Philip
1: Dorsett. Goodness gracious
0: wide receiver. The Indianapolis Colts career fantasy grade was an F highest grade was an F. I mean, if I
1: remember correctly, this was before we had the app before we had our. uh, Yeah. You know, our stats our analytical packages and such. But I can almost guarantee Philip Dorsett going in the first round would have been a huge head scratcher. That was a reach. Uh, So it was was very another one of those. Oh, he's so fast. Maybe we could turn him into a good player.
0: It was, what, it was a McCole Hardman-type situation where they're like, all right, we have Andrew Luck, and we need to get him a speedster. So they just did. Um, by the way, one weekly wide receiver, one finish in his entire career so far. Um, so let's get into round two now. 36 pick overall, TJ Yeldon, Alabama running back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <clears throat> his career fantasy grade was a D-. minus. Highest single-season fantasy grade was a C in 2015 when he was kind of like the only – he was a workhorse back. He had over a hundred yards, a thousand yards from scrimmage, and four TDs in that year. Um, but he's been out of the league since 2020. And Amir Abdullah, running back for the Detroit Lions, a
1: famous bust for the Detroit Lions. Uh, People thought Amir Abdullah was like a DeAndre Swift, a CMC light type of guy. Not even close. Michael, why not, Andre- not even close? <clears throat> I'm re- I really apologize, guys. And
0: if this is turning you off, I understand. I I really apologize. This is uh, would gross me out too. Um, Michael, why don't you go over some of the other notable players that were taken? Now, this is round three and on. In this particular draft, you would have been completely good if you were in a um, dynasty league by having a late first-round pick. And what the the lesson Second, I want you to take third, right? The lesson I want you to take from this today is don't automatically think trading up is going to get you the better prospect. Michael, why don't you go over, uh, while I cough my lungs out, some of the players who were drafted round three through round six, and then went undrafted.
1: Yeah, this is pretty cool to look back at the, uh, the hidden gems in certain drafts as these guys would certainly fall under that. I think, um, round three, Tyler Lockett, huge, huge hit for the Seattle Seahawks has been a, career Seahawk and has had some tremendous seasons. One of the like the best technicians in the game. Like I don't think anybody dislikes the way Tyler Lockett plays the game. Um and has had several A minus or plus seasons in his career. Tevin Coleman made the list. He had some a couple big seasons mixed with Devontae Freeman. Was never a star but certainly worth a round three price tag and worth better than guys like Amir Abdullah and TJ Eldon. Um Duke Johnson in round three, Duke Johnson out of Miami. This guy torched other star Miami running backs in terms of career production in Miami was never really able to turn it into a huge career, but has always been around. He's still around next year. Somehow Duke Johnson is going to have a running back one game. I guarantee it. And then the final pick in round three was one of the biggest uh, seasons we've seen in a running back in recent memory. Tim's dude led him to a championship in our home league. Tim will never, ever, 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 ever. I could keep saying ever if you want, but I'm going to stop now. Let us live that down. <laughs> That's David Johnson. who. You don't that. let me live that down because I acquired
0: David Johnson in a pre, in a post draft trade for Shady McCoy and Frank Gore.
1: Yeah. And a trade. who
0: ended as RB four and RB 12 overall that season. But I got a guy who ended up being the, the RB one by far and would have been a RB one and wide receiver one in the same year that year. One of the best fantasy seasons
1: maybe ever. Yeah. So shout out to David Johnson in round three as well, who had a, obviously a huge season um, that one year that gave him a, I probably an a plus grade in that year. I don't have it in front of me, but I'd assume so he absolutely dominated in round four. We got a couple guys who stand out, not, Overly stand out, but standout nonetheless. One of them is slot wide receiver extraordinaire who put in work with Kirk Cousins and Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit, and that's Jamison Crowder of the now Buffalo Bills, who had a uh, his his career is basically toast. My wide receiver three that point. season that uh, that I I won the championship. And
0: fun fact, my first ever sleeper on the first ever brodo episode we've ever recorded he was our, my sleeper candidate for the season
1: so big hit on that one right off the bat and then mike davis who uh was being drafted as a 5th 6th round pick 2 years ago who is one of the easiest fades of all time but you know had some big games and for a 4th round pick was not a uh, was not terrible i'm actually a little surprised to see that he was a 4th round pick i always thought he was a lower round pick for the the hype that he got is like a an underdog. Fourth round pick isn't that huge of an underdog. At this time, it a was a
0: little... little it, the context has changed since since this time. That's like, true. fourth round is, is kind of like being a fifth round running back.
1: Yeah. Now. In round five, arguably the biggest hit. Um, easily, Not, I, I think unarguably. Easily the biggest hit if we're looking at career productivity relative to draft pick as well and that's stefan diggs the current alpha wide receiver of the buffalo bills had several nice seasons in minnesota and has really taken off since he ended up in buffalo obviously multiple a seasons at this point just a very 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 good player round five out of maryland shout out to him jay ajay the quasi dads on twitter cannot believe i'm saying his name a lot of you probably don't know what i'm talking about but we used to get into beef about Jay Ajay because people just wouldn't let him live him down, and I was like, "What are you guys? His dads or something?" And that's where that comes from. But yeah, Jay Ajay that, that made a lot of people on Twitter angry at us. Yeah, Jay Ajay, uh, you know, he had flashes but was never able to put it all together. He dealt with injuries, and you know, who knows what could have been if he uh, if he stayed fully healthy. And then the tight end Tim was talking about C.J. Uzuma in the fifth round, the New York Jet great current Cincinnati, I mean, former Cincinnati Bengal great. CJ Uzema for a fifth round tight end. Carved out a little bit of a nice career, I'd say. CJ, can you use him? Uh, use him. Uh, Tyler Conklin him. instead. Uh. That's what the Jets said. <laughs> and then in round six, wide receiver Darren Waller. That's right. He was drafted as a wide receiver. Later switched to uh, the tight end position. Dealt with the Um, You know substance abuse problems earlier in his career made a roaring comeback and as you know has established himself as one of the premier tight ends in the league. He hasn't done it for a super extended period of time um, and he is a little bit on the older side now dealing with injuries. Hopefully he could uh, get right now that he's playing for the New York Giants. But you know had a reach the a level in his big season uh, his big breakout season in in Las Vegas when um, you know he was a forgotten player during that time he was going undrafted in some fantasy drafts he was considered like a, a dart throw type of guy and he really broke out so shout out to Darren Waller and then a couple undrafted free agents who have to get a little bit of love for he Mostert, who's still out here balling just signed another contract with Miami I mean one of the best pure runners in the league who just can't stay healthy but when he is healthy the man balls
0: one of the fastest human beings I've ever seen definitely in, in the NFL right now He's yeah. just
1: so fast. Yeah. Next up, quarterback Taylor Heineke, who never uh, never made it onto an NFL field before the XFL field and then established himself and then got signed. And now we know he's one of the premier backup replacement QBs in the league and just a ton of fun to watch and has done very well for Washington over the last several years. So shout out to Taylor Heineke. Tyrell, the it, it, should be, uh, it, it should be
0: sorry. It should be said as well that he signed a contract with the Falcons um, that is way higher than the backup contracts that we saw give, giving out. The backups have been making around four million dollars a year annually, um, including Baker Mayfield, who got that kind of contract. Hanneke signed a two-year, fourteen million-dollar contract, including a four four million-dollar signing bonus and a roster bonus of uh, of um, a million. So. Yeah. He's got, he got, he has a high base. He has a higher base salary than these other backup quarterbacks got in, in like incentive laden salary. So definitely, definitely. Proving himself as a legit backup quarterback. Yeah. He's with the Falcons now. So his only, his competition is Desmond Ritter. I mean, definitely in contention to start next year if, if the Falcons stay put, which I don't know why they're
1: not in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes with. And then one of my dudes, Tyrell the Gazelle Williams, who, Broke out in uh, early in his career with the Los Angeles Chargers, showing off his speed. Then dealt with several injuries and was just never able to recapture that juice, and ended up being a, a shortened career for Terrell the Gazelle. But again, he was big, he was fast, and he had a he had that one big season. But as an undrafted free agent, it's always cool to see those guys come out of nowhere and uh, establish themselves as threats, even if it's for a short period of time. Which also aligns. Aligns with running back Thomas Rawls. These hold on real quick. These two, Michael Terrell Williams, was for you. I didn't know whether to put him
0: on this, and I was like, you know what, Michael has a great nickname for him. I'm gonna put him on here.
1: Terrell the Gazelle, who's the man, yo. Thomas Rawls is for me. Yes. I wonder why. Maybe because, because he helped you in the gear that you won with David Johnson and Jamison Crowder. Not only that, I told
0: you guys like. Ah, now I how know did why you me... How did you let me? How did you let me get Thomas Rawls? How did you do it? How did you let me? I actually chose 2015 because, um, that's how far our grades go back.
1: Oh, remember Tim Thomas Rawls ended up on the Jets too. Got yeah. some, got some run with the Jets. He did, yeah. One of my favorite all times. It's like a little bowling ball out there. Yeah. All
0: and right, that's Mike. The
1: uh, recap. All
0: right, Mike. Fantasy wise, if we're doing another startup right now for Dynasty, let's redraft. Let's assume that these guys went in the order that they went because of their hype. Let's redraft it. Um, I'll take the first pick because I'm in charge. One of question, Tim. Are we
1: yeah. are we drafting Darren Waller knowing he'd have to sit on our bench for years or are we drafting Darren Waller as his current self? So here's what we're going to
0: say. We're going to say, now that we know who they are, let's act like we don't know what their careers went like. Okay. If that's possible. and Based on who they are. Based on their uh, grade. Like if you cool. only got their grade. You know, let's go from there. All right. So, first pick, Stefan Diggs. He had the longevity. He's an all pro. He's going to keep doing it. Easy pick here for me. Stefan Diggs, pick number one.
1: I mean, I'm going Todd Gurley. He has the best two seasons by far, league winning type seasons. Um, Even though it was a shortened career, when you get those two types of seasons out of a player. I mean, it, he won several dynasty managers their league. And even if it was cut short and they weren't able to capitalize on it for too long, you definitely were not mad at spending a pick on Todd Gurley. And I'd, I'd still pick him second after Stefan Diggs.
0: This is the toughest one for me. I could either go like what with the logic that you just said um, and take David Johnson and take his great season uh, two very good fantasy seasons, but one great season or I could take Tyler Lockett. Who's been an absolute beast um, throughout his career? I'm gonna go with Tyler Lockett. I'm gonna go with the longevity. Uh, I believe in my ability to build a team around
1: uh, those two guys. So Tyler Lockett, pick number two. Pick number three.
0: Yes, pick number three. Sorry,
1: you know, Tim. I'll let you have David Johnson. I'm gonna go a similar route because I'm typically the wide receiver guy. It would just be wrong for me to pick two running backs off the, off the you know the cuff or whatever they say. Amari Cooper. Um, Look, he has not been spectacular by any means, but he's been a very, very solid wide receiver too for seemingly every single season in his career. Um, So dynasty-wise, if you drafted Amari Cooper, you never got that superstar season out of him or that superstar-type production. But, I mean, you're not mad having Amari Cooper on your team.
0: All right, so here's a tough one because there's two running backs on the board right now that both had monster seasons that could lead you to a championship. So I'm going to go differently. I'm going to go with Darren Waller here. I'm going to lock up my tight end spot. I'm going to let you pick whatever running back you want for the next one. And then I'm just going to take the other guy.
1: Darren Waller, pick number five. Melvin Gordon or David Johnson is a super difficult question. It's really the several seasons or the single absolutely monster season. I'm going to go Melvin Gordon just because his very good season, 96.7 grade, it wasn't David Johnson's career year, but it was still very good and worthy of winning championships. And that wasn't his only very good season. Like you said, that three year um, combo of 38 touchdowns is not something to, you know, shy away from. So I'm taking Melvin Gordon over the short lived career of David Johnson.
0: I we'll say this, Mike, if you would have put those, if you would have put those two together, you would say that your other running back, Todd Gurley, and David Johnson's best seasons overlapped.
1: Ah, that yeah, you're not losing with those
0: two. No, that's a, that's championships. So I'll take Todd Gurley to fight. Uh, I mean, uh, not Todd Gurley. I'll take David Johnson to fight against your Todd Gurley with the next fair pick. Enough, fair enough.
1: Now I'm going to go Jameis Winston. I'll take that. Uh, Early in his career was when he was useful. Knowing what we know now, I mean, 30 touchdowns, 30 interception season, he was QB5 overall. He had an A-plus fantasy grade. He was absolutely a startable asset. Maybe you flipped him after that year and got a good return. Maybe you didn't, and it went down the shitter. But if you're looking at the QB position, to get a guy who's going to finish QB5 overall, have these huge QB1 type of spike weeks, I'll take Jameis now that all the, uh, the positional assets that, Actually, stood out Ergon.
0: gone. It's a tough one now because we're getting into the thick. We're getting into the gross, into the, the thick of it. Um, so I'm going to come out of the muck. Hmm. With Jajai, I'm going to go with Jajai here. Jajai had two seasons of very good fantasy production. Um, I got I got to somehow. Uh, Compete with your Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'll tell you, if someone had Todd Gurley, and Melvin Gordon a uh, couple a few years ago, that was basically a guaranteed championship. So I'm going to try and fight you as best I can with David Johnson, and Jay Ajay at
1: the running back position. I like it. I'm going to follow up that with Jamison Crowder. Get the slot PPR extraordinaire. He had several wide receiver, two, three type seasons. Um, a pretty long career for someone who's, again, he's like him and Jarvis Landry, if you look at their. Um, peripherals, their athleticism and such. It's gross, but that just goes to show you that that's not everything. Like college production matters and production in general matters. And Jamison Crowder was not the biggest, not the strongest, not the fastest, but the man knew how to get open. And uh, he proved it year over year for several seasons.
0: My next pick is going to be a guy who ended up being a bust for the second overall pick, but did end up being the second best quarterback Oh no, there is a quarterback that I've forgotten. No, no, there's that in the next that's in the next draft class. But did end up being the second best quarterback in this draft class, and that is Marcus Mariota.
1: I don't know. You could argue Taylor Heineke is better than him. I'll be honest. <laughs> Just saying you could argue that. If you're going Mariota, I will follow that up with a little bit of Tevin Coleman action. I think the last guy who uh really had some helpful seasons, and who knows if I if we draft him in 2015. And he ended up somewhere other than Atlanta, not with Devonte Freeman. Or if something happened to Devonte Freeman, maybe Tevin Coleman would have stood out even more. So I'm taking the upside in Tevin Coleman.
0: Now I know this guy's not going to play for a while, uh, but that's okay because I got two running backs that burnt out quick. I'm gonna go with Raheem Mostert here uh, with my next pick uh, to get to get a little uh, legacy pick there.
1: Nice. Um, I will follow that up with. Terrell the Gazelle, him and uh, him and uh, Devontae Parker both had one off seasons, but I just like Terrell the Gazelle better, and he was the UDFA. So shout out Terrell the Gazelle. Devontae Parker,
0: uh, for me, I'll take some uh, kind of halfway decent production. All right, give me Duke Johnson then. A little All PPR right. action. I'm gonna say we stop drafting here. Fair enough, because none of these guys should have even been on a roster after that. I win. Because
1: I win. Shout out to Adam Sandler. Uh, Big day. All right. It was great being back on the mic with you, Mike. Call me Frankenstein. All right, Frankenstein.
0: Uh, It was great. Did you dress yourself today? I did. I could tell. I wiped my own ass. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, Michael, uh, would you rather eat a plate full of snails? Yo, escargot is delicious. You're
1: bugging. You don't like escargot, bro? I hate Put escargot. Put it in, like, that pesto sauce that they Ugh. do. Get it out the shell. Are you nuts? Yo, well, your palate is
0: trash. I'm not, I'm not done, but would you rather eat snails but not escargot? Just raw, raw snails. snails.
1: I don't know. That That hurts so soul. but I used to have a pet snail. Would you eat him or would you rather be a vegan for two years? Uh, I'd eat raw snails. Yeah, well, it's veganism. That's not for us. Later.